Hi. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year! And howdy doody. Howdy doody. It's 2022. Very weird to say. I know. I feel like it was 2019 two minutes ago. I feel like it was 1993 two minutes ago. (laughs) We're getting older. (laughs) Tom's a ticking. Our retinoids are working. Oh, gosh. Working overtime. Overtime for sure. So we're recording this before New Year's, so we can't talk specifically about what we did during New Year's, but I am hosting a little, like, four people for a fancy pajama party, and one of my coworkers gave me the best idea ever, and I'm excited for this. There's paper you can buy that dissolves in water, and so I'm going to set up a little New Year's. We talked about this, didn't we? Did we? Maybe. Sabrina, my mind does not work. Well, you can still tell me. Okay, well, I'm just going to set up a little station for people to write their resolutions and then put it in the water and have it dissolve. I love it. They only have to know. They don't have to tell other people. Love it. That's so nice. Goals, resolutions, whatever. And our other goal is to to somehow learn how to introduce ourselves at the beginning of every podcast. (sighs) Yep. (laughs) Starting off strong in 2022. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hello. And I am Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode, the very first Encounters episode of 2022. Uh, we are- How special are these people? I know. Bringing us all bringing in. Bringing us in. We are recording this. So if you are a Patreon donor, you will get to see a video of us recording it. Stuttering, butchering yeah, my, words. My Christmas tree is behind me. So there's some festivity, I guess. Uh, which is exciting. Yeah, it looks so nice. I thought I thought I was doing a great job of saying like, let's record early. Let's record at like 4.30. I'm going to have more light and it is pitch black and I have no lamp in the corner I set up in and my no. eyes are glowing. So I look demonic. You don't you look, look demonic. Joyous and wonderful and co- it looks so cozy in your apartment. My heater is working finally, which I'm excited about because it's so cold in our apartment. What's going on in LA? Wasn't it like 100 degrees last week? No, not where I am. Oh. It was pouring rain yesterday, and it's also blessed. I mean, this morning was like 33 degrees when I was walking Ooh. to Orange Theory, but um, it's basically like you're back in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, basically. But then you know, now it's what 60 degrees. Let me look, 55. And oh, that's nice. But the inside of our apartment is like 30 degrees as well. Like it just like no matter what, if it drops below 70 degrees, our apartment is freezing. And so does Leia react to the cold? Is oh she, my god, yeah, she, she actually like cozy bundled cuddly? up. Aww. Earlier I was working on the couch and she was on my lap immediately. <laughs> I can <laughs> well, I don't really she's sleeping on the couch right now and all cute and cozy. She's basically a heating pad for you. Oh, she this is. is nice. And I have my period right now, so it's amazing. Like she knows. Amazing. She, I need her as much as she needs me. <laughs> You're like, move right here a little lower. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right here to my <laughs> heating pack. I love it. Um, but yeah, so if you are a Patreon donor, we are going to post the recording of us reading the first two stories that we read in this episode. And you can watch us and look at our homes and um, I don't know. Enjoy yourself. Judge us. Judge us. Whoa. Whoa. Oh my God. That, they will what judge us. They will. They will hardly that. speak. Can I start? Please. I want to start because – let me stop playing with this pen so it doesn't pick up noise. Because this email is <laughs> titled, From Non-Believer to Potential Pants Shitter. Oh. So like, <laughs> I want to read this. That is a great subject line. It's so good. Love, it caught my eye immediately. Great. This is from Aaron. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Thank you for the highly addictive podcast. I'm on Encounters 82 and chopping away to get caught up. I've always been a fan of the horror, sci-fi, the unknown, but more for the entertainment value. 
being a Boston AO <laughs> city kid, I never was a real believer in ghosts or the supernatural, that is, until I moved to New Hampshire. Ooh. What a setup. Especially <laughs> because Boston's so haunted too. Yeah. I can't believe Aaron you escaped would think. this. I wound up in a basement apartment beneath my friend's family in Durham. Living alone, they'd always poke their heads in to see how I was doing and occasionally ask if I wanted anything to eat when they would go and pick up food. One night, such a question came up and I declined. After they drove away, I knew I was completely alone in the house. And after settling into some video games and whiskey, it sounded as though a party had erupted upstairs. Loud stomping accompanied by the clatter of pots and pans being dropped on the floor. Immediately, I think, fucking burglars. (laughs) So I take a baseball bat and I run upstairs fully prepared to kick some ass in the name of my friend's possessions and home. Wow. What a great tenant to have. I know. I know this is like home alone. And and also like, (laughs) I mean, aside from the fact that this is a basement and I imagine what we're about to hear, this sounds like the greatest living situation. Like you live below your friends who are offering to get you food anytime they go out. I know. And you're like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm just going to drink a nice little glass of whiskey and, and play video, video games. games. I mean, sounds this does amazing. Sound, this does Until, sound amazing. Until, <laughs> if you can guess, I get up there and no one is around. All the lights are off and the home is squeaky clean. I search around, come up with nothing, and then wind up scratching my head and going back to my spot. The stairwell down to my apartment was lined with two walls before the bottom landing, so you can't see whoever's approaching until they're on the bottom landing. Naturally, after I'd gotten comfortable, I hear the door to my friend's place open, and then I hear frantic footsteps running up and down the staircase, up and down, until they stopped on what would have been the final step, just out of my line of sight. I waited a moment before checking, and when I did, there was no one there. Ooh. Ugh. My solidifying experience came over a decade later in Nashville, Tennessee, when I was putting my three-year-old son to bed. I told him some stories and got ready to tuck him in when his behavior suddenly went from giggly and peaceful to tense and concerned. I asked what was bothering him, and he replies with, the old scary lady with big eyes. Oh. We had a nightlight on, so I asked if he was talking about the shadow on the wall. He says, no. And then he points into a dark corner in the opposite side of the room. Ah! This happened for several months. Oh, my gosh. Irresponsibly, I just chalked it up to my boy having a brilliant and spooky imagination. Like, for real. He could give a shit about Christmas, but if you mention Halloween, he loses his mind. Us too. Wow, he's our kind of son. (laughs) (laughs) The final situation came when, during the well-lit afternoon, he said something that scared the hell out of me. We were doing a puzzle in the living room and having a small conversation. I forget what it was about, but it ended with him saying, Ellie wouldn't like that. Oh. Me. Who's Ellie? My son. The old scary lady in my room. Me. How do you know that she wouldn't like that? My son. She just told me. Oh. He turned. And he pointed to his room, which was across the hallway and was in full view of where we were playing. He said, she's watching us Mm -mm. while pointing in the direction of his room. I asked if he can see her. He says, yeah, and she's angry. (gasps) Ellie! Needless to say, uh, Ellie. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I freaked the fuck out internally. Gotta stay strong (laughs) for the boy. And then I took his mother's sage and smoked the hell out of his room. We didn't have another instance like that again. I know everyone apologizes for their lengthy emails, but I feel mine isn't nearly as long as some (laughs) others. So I'm just going to leave with thank you so much for reading. Can't wait to finally get caught up. Stay amazing and forever spooky as fuck, Erin. I don't even. Wow. Okay. Ellie is scary. 
and Ellie's scary and menacing. I'm glad you haven't seen her since, although this wasn't sent terribly long ago. So who knows if Ellie came back? And also, who is Ellie? Why is Ellie haunting Aaron's son? And yeah, why is she so cranky? Yeah. And what does she not like? Like, why is she being so possessive over Aaron's son? Yeah. It's creepy that she's always watching. She's like in the corner yeah. watching the sun or she, like she, she stays in the bedroom. She was like in the doorway, basically watching yeah. him in the living room. So wherever, unless they're completely out of sight, it seems like she's, she's able to see and watch and interact and the son can see Ellie. Ugh. And Aaron's son doesn't like Ellie because right. Ellie is scary. I'm right. scared of Ellie and I'm Me too. 28 years old. So, And the fact that his three-year-old son went from being like giggly and happy to so concerned. Definitely. Me- it makes me wonder what she's said or done for a three-year-old to have such a like strong, quick switch, visceral yeah. reaction to this presence. And then I'm also surprised by the house in New Hampshire. Like, what were these spirits? It almost kind of reminds me of the stories we've heard of glitches in the matrix or people like mm. slipping into mm-hmm. different dimensions because Aaron I presume had been alone in that house before that time and other times right. other than that and so why in just that one instance did Aaron hear all of these noises and like the you know hearing someone walking down the stairs only to find no one was there or hearing all the noise upstairs and def- only to find no one was there like is it paranormal is it a ghost or is it there's another family living in this house in another dimension. And just for a moment, there was this cross and they almost saw each other. Right. Or did it already happen? Like, mm. how does time work? Like, oh. did it already happen? I'm picturing it as like this ribbon where it's already happened. Maybe it happened six months ago. But for a second, this ribbon curls and accidentally touches the future ribbon that's that's time right now. And the past, like it's them, it's but just from six months ago. A ripple in time. Yes. Whoa. I don't know. And maybe – very spooky. And maybe – I do wonder – okay, this is interesting. I wonder if that's the case. If there was a time six months before this instance that Aaron wrote us about that the family heard a weird noise downstairs in the basement and went down oh. there to go see what, what it was, which yeah. is Aaron hearing the footsteps walking down, and they found nothing in that time. Maybe it was before Aaron even moved in. This is trippy. It you is. should Sabrina, this is this is the show you should uh, My write. brain can hardly compute it in this moment. <laughs> I can't even imagine <laughs> I can't even imagine trying to create a Well, you story. always talk about dark. Like, it's it's kind of yeah. like dark, right? Yeah. And dark is confusing as hell. Yes, it is. But to also honest, brilliant. I only watched two episodes. So, yeah. No, yeah. there's – I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> but, but I'm receptive to it. I think you and I both would be – I think we're positioning ourselves in a good spot for, like, when aliens or when these, like, wild things come out. And it's like, oh, we actually do live in a simulation. Oh, there are aliens. Or, like, whatever – thing that people believe is like wild and outlandish at the time i think that you and i don't need to understand but are open to just being like oh okay all right that's the way it is now yeah so i think we're setting ourselves up well here yeah i think so too i mean the other day i was driving i called you immediately after this happened so we had a book club and corinne joined Mm -hmm. virtually but yes i was put on a computer on a chair yes facing everyone and we all (laughs) stared at you it was fun great Technology is amazing. But so my, our friend Lauren was driving me home after book club and we were driving on the 405, which is kind of the main freeway in Southern or I guess in California in general. But all of a sudden I see this like fireball rocket thing in the sky and it's uh, like a snap of the fingers. It's like so quick. 
but it was huge, like very, very mm-hmm. visible, moving in the same direction that we were moving in traffic. And I swore it was like, I don't know, at first I'm like, it was a plane, but then if it was a plane, I would have seen it further along in the sky. I didn't see anything. And I kind of freaked out. I was like, whoa, did you see that? And Lauren hadn't seen anything. And she, she was like, you're freaking me out. What are you talking about? And I called Corinne immediately after and I was like, I think I may have seen a UFO. And I accepted it. Wait, you know what's weird? Okay, as you were talking, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm going to go back to my camera roll. Because remember, as we were on the phone, I said, I'm taking a screenshot of our call right now so that we can remember the, the date and time yeah. that this happened so that we can go look it up like in a few days. Mm-hmm. And the photo does not exist <gasps> on my camera roll. Stop. Let me see if the phone call exists. I'm going to go into my deleted folder. I don't think it would be in there, but you were on the phone with me when I said that I'm de- – no, it's not in here. Yeah. Okay. The call is still on my phone. It says 6.30 p.m. December 12th. Okay. Well, the photo doesn't exist anymore of my evidence, so – They only they only wanted me to see it. Only you. Only do me. I still have the phone call? Um. Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Well, if anyone else was in the LA area. Yeah, let me know if you saw there it. There very well may have been a UFO that Sabrina almost got abducted. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Maybe you did. Although the thing is, is you were you were in the car with one of our friends and she didn't see anything. So it's like, of course you get a sighting. You have mm-hmm. a potential witness there and she doesn't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. But uh, I am ready and willing to accept. I already accept the reality that aliens exist and that there are other dimensions and me that- too. Some people have the ability to jump between them, and I will harness some power eventually. Right. And, you know, like Aaron's story that confused us with time, maybe we don't understand how time works. Maybe we'll find out that time is just this giant ribbon intertwining with itself, and we'll be okay with that. Yeah. Because it's, we're yeah we we're are, adaptable. We're very flexible and adaptable humans. And also it's 2022, so, like, we can – I don't know. We can, like – we can mature and grow and find new skills. I really want to learn how to astral project and control it. Sabrina, I feel like we're really on the same wavelength because I was thinking about that this morning. We have been. I was like, <laughs> I want to learn this too. Corinne That's and I were so texting funny. each other today about something and everything the other one said was like, wait, I was just thinking that. So yeah. we are in Life sync. decisions, thoughts, like big things. We were like, oh my God, I literally made that same decision yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I think you'll be good at astral projecting because you already do it unintentionally. Yeah. I haven't done it in <laughs> so years. So I think that but yeah. We'll see. I'm gonna I definitely have a book on it on my childhood home. I'm gonna find it and send it to you. Okay, please do. It was like all about how to control it and okay. bring yourself into it. Okay. I'm not I'm hardly speaking today. I'm really No, struggling. I I'm computing, so Okay. I guess we're just in sync and I can read your mind. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mean other people are. So <laughs> Doesn't matter anyway, does it? Okay. Okay, your turn to talk My now. Turn. Be quiet. You can sit back and relax. Okay. Maybe not relax though, because this is called Girl in Dress Standing Over My Sister. And it is from our listener Hope. Hello, my lovely ghostesses. My name is Hope, and I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and have always been so fascinated with everything spooky. Paranormal encounters, aliens, serial killers, you name it. I finally decided to share an experience of my own with you gals. I think you'll like this one, or I don't know, maybe hate it as much as I do. (laughs) So my story begins when I moved to a new house in the small town of New Bern, North Carolina. Now, New Bern is known for its history, old homes, ghost tours, legends, a cemetery that dates back to the 1700s. It is all fabulously frightening. 
Anyway, the home we moved into was a really old one. It was built in 1875, so at the time we lived there, the house was 141 years old. It was huge and had original hardwood floors, an out-of-order dumbwaiter, fireplaces in every room, strange spots where the wood would lift up on the floor revealing little compartments, and all of the bedrooms had deadbolts for locks. My mom's bathroom, for some odd reason, locked from the outside. What? Our bath upstairs was the original claw foot tub from when the home was built. Basically, the house had character, and sometimes with character comes other things, aka ghosts. So, a lot of scary things happened in the couple of years we lived there. Footsteps, random objects falling from the ceiling when I was showering, doors opening and slamming, etc., well, I'm going to start with my most with my personal most terrifying experience. It was a Friday night and my little sister, who I will call Ruby and I, were excited because our mom was allowing us to stay up late and watch a movie we had chosen from Redbox. The movie we decided on was the recent at the time Paranormal Activity. So, we got settled in with our popcorn and our snuggly blankets, all excited to start the scary movie. And about 15 minutes in, Ruby decided that she was too afraid to finish it and went upstairs to bed, leaving me all alone in the dark to finish it myself. I lasted maybe 30 more minutes before I too became afraid to watch it. I turned it off, placed the movie back in the case, and went upstairs to my bed. Surprisingly, I didn't have too much difficulty falling asleep. Until I woke up at some point feeling very unsettled. I turned and I saw a figure standing right near my older sister's summer's bed. It was a lady with an old nightdress on. She had long, dark hair. At first glance, I thought it was actually Summer. So I began loudly whispering for her to get back in bed. Summer, get back in bed. She was creeping me out and I was trying to figure out what was going on. So I start fumbling with things on my nightstand for some form of light and that I could shine on her, but I didn't have any luck. To my horror, the figure began to slowly turn towards me. (laughs) And the face I saw did not belong to my sister. Every hair on my entire body stood straight up. My heart felt as though it was about to beat out of my chest. I have no memory of this thing or entity having any face at all. I finally realized Summer is sound asleep and whoever I was looking at was definitely not her. I felt frozen in fear, but I somehow managed to get my head underneath my blanket. And before I know it, I'm opening my eyes again and it's daytime. I immediately tell my sister exactly what happened and she starts to freak out. To this day, I still have no clue what I saw, but just speaking about it gives me chills. And I never want to live in an old house again. There were times when Summer would wake up to my younger sister, all emotions drained from her face, standing over, watching her as she slept. And then all of a sudden, our younger sister would run back to her bed. There were times when I would shower and objects would randomly fall and hit me in the head. Objects that I had never seen before and honestly couldn't even describe. Throughout the night, you would hear footsteps up and down the stairs and through the hall. Doors would open and slam. There was just lots of activity. I hope you guys enjoyed my story. I tried to explain it as best as I could. See you on the other side. Hope. I mean, what the (laughs) hell? I'm picturing the woman from the Lady of the the Lake. Mm -hmm, The Lady of Bly Manor. Yes. Yeah. Which is so scary. I want to know the history of this house because I'm sure it's based on how much history is in that town that she was describing. 
And the fact that like the house still has original hardwood floors and the original clawfoot tub, like I'm sure it's probably easy to trace back the previous owners or tenants of the home. And I don't know. I mean, maybe there's no certainty of like identifying this ghost, but maybe getting close or seeing a photo and being like, oh my God, that's her. Number one, why is the spirit so fixated on on her sister? I don't know. And then also – there's no resolve to the story. It's not like, oh, and then we did this, and then like the lady never came back again. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that was the first night I saw her, and then she forever tormented and, and like existed there yeah. until eternity. And based on the description, <laughs> it almost sounds like – so at first – so basically Hope woke up and saw this ghost standing over Summer. Mm-hmm. But then she describes that throughout their time living there, their younger sister would kind of do what the ghost did. And stand over Summer and watch her sleep. So did the ghost then, I don't know, inhabit? Inhabit? Perfectly splendid. (laughs) It is. It's Bly Manor. It is. It's the real life story of it. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. This is, okay, that that email was sent over a year ago. So. I know. I don't know if they still live there. It sounds like. It sounds like they don't, but I'm curious to hear from Hope, like how, how her sister's are now (laughs) what are they like now that they're older now that they're potentially adults yeah do they remember i want to also see her sister still youngest sister still being weird (laughs) (laughs) aren't younger sisters always i guess i wouldn't know i mean i guess i would but you are the younger sister (laughs) i also have a younger sister but she's like eight oh she's so yeah she's and i don't really spend time with her so i don't know you're you were a full adult when she was born yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I guess – but my sister was the creepy one. I guess maybe I was creepy. My brother was the creepy one. Yeah. Everyone besides me basically was creepy. <laughs> I don't <laughs> believe that at all. Look at how you turned out. Well, maybe that's why. You observed all the creep around you and then you were like, I have to make sense of this. I grew into my creep. Which is why you're so fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. Probably. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Classic creepy kids, creepy siblings – I think I was the creepy child. Oh, 100%. We've already discussed this. (laughs) There's no question about that. Poor Christian. Okay, what do you have next? Okay, so I have – it's so Eric, who's one of our moderators on our on our Two Girls One Ghost Facebook group, he has so many paranormal experiences. He came on live on Green Room with us and shared one one time. But he every time something happens or he remembers one, he'll email us. So we have we have so, so many. many in our yeah. so many great ones in our inbox. So I grabbed two of them and I just want to read the two to you now. Oh, fun. Okay, dear ghouls, ghost, Leia, Nick. Fruitfly and Corinne's parents' ghost. <laughs> it's literally the whole cast. And now Brian. Hello, cast and crew. And now, oh, Brian, and now Brian, too. Oh, don't tell him I forgot him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast in reverse to catch up on all the episodes. It helps me pass the time on my commute to work, and it also gives me the chance to contemplate the paranormal and the meaning of life. <laughs> what deep drives about, to work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just existential crisis <laughs> on the way into, like, your office job. Enough about my philosophical drives to and from work. It's time for the reason we are all here. I have two separate stories that I will share in this email. So here it goes. The house on Lale Road. When I was two or three years old, my great-grandmother was babysitting me. She suffered a major heart attack and I watched her die in front of me. My dad and my mom inherited the house after she passed and we lived there with my grandma and later when my brother was born, my brother. 
My nanny was a self-taught musician, and she kept two of her organs. I remembered playing on them when I was young. My mom and my grandma ran a tax service out of the home, and one night when I was sleeping in the bedroom that once belonged to my nanny, I specifically remember seeing three people in my room. They were shimmering, and two of them were standing up, and I believe my nanny was sitting in the middle. She had bought a rocking chair for my mom that sat in the living room, but it seemed like she was sitting in this rocker in my room now. The other two I didn't recognize. Apparently, I used to tell my mom every night that I talked to Nanny. I didn't know that I told her this until one day we were playing with a Ouija board and someone claiming to be my Nanny started talking to us. She was a prankster and it wasn't until she started spelling the word sardines that something clicked with my mom. She knew immediately that it could have really been Nanny. I looked at her and we were both crying. It was then that she told me that I always claimed to talk to Nanny, and I've tried hard to remember anything that she may have said, but it all evades my memory. I believe that this is what allowed me to become sensitive to spirits and an empath. Those details are better for another email. Years later, my friend Jeff, RIP, moved into the house. I always drove by the house and thought about the time that I lived there. And I asked Jeff one night if he ever had experiences in the house, and he said yes. He said that there were two or three spirits in the house, but the main lady would wander the hallways and the steps to the basement. I asked him to describe her, and he described my nanny. This, once again, made me cry. This was the first paranormal experience I've ever had, and it changed my life forever. And since my first story is a heartwarming one, I can't end the email like that. So here comes the terror. Oh, good. (laughs) Your kind of story, Sabrina. (laughs) Yeah, I have a huge grin on my face. (laughs) I've always had Ouija boards and spirit boards and have cautiously always played with them. My current board was actually a Christmas present from my mom after my original board disappeared. My mom and I played with the board a few times and contacted my great-grandmother. I always liked to get the board out when I had friends over because it was a great party booster. (laughs) Eric, we disagree. (laughs) Also, I mean, can I just say the fact that your original board disappeared might be a sign that you weren't supposed to have one. (laughs) I'll just replace it and get all of my friends and family and everyone who enters (laughs) my home to play it with me. (laughs) Crazy energy. It's like a seance. (laughs) Literally. Now, I must explain this next part with a little backstory to make the story make more sense. In one of my adventures, I found a very old graveyard in the woods near my home. It had the remnants of an old church, and it was tucked away beside the train tracks and was completely hidden out of sight, even though it was directly beside a very small town. I was immediately drawn to the graveyard, and I saw a few spirits hanging around, most notably the woman in white who I believe is the protector of the graveyard. When hanging out with my friends, I would always suggest that we go and sit in the graveyard and visit with the lady in white. We would venture down and have our experiences and then go home. I even did a paranormal investigation that yielded an amazing EVP of a young boy. The EVP was caught near this huge tree. I was there once with my friend during a full moon and we saw the reflection behind the tree that looked like the moonlight shining through a wet cobweb. When I decided to investigate the tree, I watched the cobweb slide behind the tree and disappear. The EVP is of the small child. You can hear me ask, is there anyone there? And the child responds, appear, as if (gasps) sitting in a tree above me. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Whoa, chills. Now to the Ouija board. One Halloween, a few of my friends and myself were hanging out at a local witch's home. She always had an open house on Halloween night. Oh my God, dream. That is so cool. I want to go. 
that should be you. <laughs> I will become that. Yeah. <laughs> New but goals. I need to learn from her first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. As the party wound down, I suggested that we get the Ouija board and head to the graveyard, and everyone agreed we should. So off we went, still in our costumes, including the puniest Superman to have ever existed. We got to the graveyard, and my friend was walking around playing his acoustic guitar while myself... My friend and his wife gathered around this fallen headstone. We placed the Ouija board on top of the headstone and began to ask for contact. No response. We tried for a few more minutes, and then just as we were about to give up, there was movement. The whole board slid around, spelling out words while the planchette sat still. We could hear the board grind against (gasps) the headstone as if sliding across cement rocks. I don't remember what it spelled, but just as quickly, the board slid down to goodbye and flew off of the headstone into the grass. Oh, my god! Everyone scattered. We hauled ass back to my van, my friend with the guitar trailing behind us, playing the acoustic version of Thriller. <laughs> we sat in the van and had a nervous laugh then. Probably some of the coolest experiences I've had to this day. Another quick side note, after that night in the graveyard, my planchette warped and has a huge dip in the middle as if it had gotten very hot and then melted a little. Whoa. I believe that whatever energy that we met that night was so strong, it warped the plastic. Keep it spooky, Eric. Um, Wait, hold on. I never listened to the EVP. Let me listen. Uh, I know. I want to listen too, but I'm nervous. (gasps) Holy crap. (gasps) Okay. Did you just listen? Yes. Wait, okay. play it. You should play it. I'm playing I'm playing this EVP. Okay. This is amazing. So this is the little boy in the tree that Eric caught. So Oh my gosh. This video he took of his recorder. So there's a little bit of background noise, but everyone be quiet and listen. Ready? <laughs> yeah, like that he told everyone to be quiet. Oh. <laughs> Ready? Everyone. Shh. <laughs> no one's in the room. I'm alone. <laughs> okay. Ghosts, be quiet. Oh, that is wild. It is so clear. It's so clear. Yeah, if there's if it ends up not being that clear in terms of the recording that I just made, I'm gonna send this video to our editor because everyone needs to hear this as crisp as it is. I'm up here. Up here. It's like the most distinct little boy voice. (laughs) Holy crap. It's almost more clear than Eric's voice, which is so wild. I know. Holy moly. Okay. I know Eric's voice is like a little bit muffled. Yeah. Probably because he's like holding it and maybe has like a jacket on or something. Yeah. Yeah. Is anyone here? Up here. So clear. Okay. Not only is Eric so open to spirits, like I mean the first story with his nanny, his grandmother, and how like – real these experiences were but then also Mm -hmm. eric goes on really cool i mean questionable for my taste experiences where he's like interacting with ghosts a lot well and he can see them like the fact he goes into the graveyard and he can see the spirits around for the most part like the lady in white yeah the lady in white yeah and how cool to find this like off the chartered map graveyard. Well, and also just people that are willing to go into the graveyard and do this stuff with you too. Like he's got a great tribe who yeah. gets to experience these Eric has with him. His version of multiple Corins. What do you mean? I am you I hold your hand and you drag me. But places. I mean like 
I found you and you're my person I like, in, you know, talk ghosts with and get to do these oh, fun ghosts. Oh, yes, with. yes, yes. Okay. I totally understand what you're saying now. I yeah. thought you were saying like, oh, I go into cemeteries and hunt ghosts. And I was like, I'm the biggest no, scary no, no. cat. But you and I do paranormal adventures together. We do. When we're together, I think we get a lot braver. Once yeah. we have each other, then yeah. we're like, okay, let's do this. Let's yeah. do that. That's wow. true. Okay. This last story though about the graveyard and the the board heating Burned up against planchette. the headstone and moving it. And yeah, it's so – I don't know what to take of it. Like I don't know. Well, I wonder what the vibes they were feeling were and what the yeah. headstone was and who they were talking to. I'm trying to read. So he sent a picture of the headstone and it looks like <gasps> – Oh, my God. <gasps> what was that? Someone knocked on my door. <laughs> oh, my God. It scared me too. And we're so much Talking about us being brave mind. together. <laughs> Okay, so I'm looking I'm looking at the gravestone because Eric sent a picture of the one that they had yeah. been doing the Ouija board on top of. And it looks like the person passed in 1902. So I know, not, to me, it almost looks like 1202. But it does look like that. I zoomed in because I was like, I'm but it's gotta be a nine. Like right? It's gotta be a nine, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't know. Twelve oh two. We didn't even I like, don't think colonize. I don't think modern uh more yeah. I don't think grave sites like this existed yeah existed it looks like a charlie at the time charlie something yeah charlie but like who knows was it even this person did it have anything to do with them or was there just another spirit that was causing i don't know causing a ruckus in this graveyard literally burning the plastic like bending the plastic of the planchette yeah i don't know creepy i want to know i want to know more of eric's experiences and oh we've got many emails we can read more Eric does seem like the type of person to, like, go on adventures with, like, paranormal adventures with. Oh, absolutely. Eric should start a fan club of his own. I mean, <laughs> it's just – it's you and I. <laughs> yeah. This Write episode book, is his fan take club Take us episode. virtually on your adventures <laughs> with you. We're oh, into it. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So good. Okay. I have a story from our listener, Lexi, and it's called Ghosts in Your Shower? Question mark. But I'm only 11. Oh, no. Hello, lovely ghostesses. My name is Lexi, and I've been listening to your podcast since May 2019, and I'm almost caught up. You make my commutes much less boring and much more freaky. And ever since I started listening, I've been thinking about sending in this story. So here it is. As a kid, I was always interested in the paranormal, but had a very healthy fear. I would think that I saw ghosts or monsters, but my parents always brushed away my concerns. When I was in fifth grade, I didn't have any friends in my class, but in January, we had a new girl join our class. She was Puerto Rican, and I still remember her full name, but for this story, I'm going to call her Ari. Ari was tall, mysterious, with long, dark hair, and I was instantly fascinated by her. She would wear these dark chokers and witchy clothes to class, and I couldn't help but want to be her friend. We bonded over a love for drawing and anime, and also ghosts. She told me that she would talk to spirits and always had them following her. I was freaked, but in an exciting way. She told me that she had two ghosts who would follow her and talk to her. Their names were Derek and Michael. She didn't give me many details about them other than that Derek had dark black hair and Michael had a shaved head. I wanted to be able to talk to ghosts and have the same experiences that she was having. I remember scrunching my eyes trying to see the ghost during class since she said they followed her, right? 
And one day when telling Ari how much I wanted to talk to a ghost, she told me that if I wrote a letter and left it in my desk, that when I got back to class the next day, one of them would write a reply. I spent my whole recess crafting the perfect letter to answer all of my paranormal questions. I wrote, who are you? Why can't I see you? And what's it like on the other side? Is God real? The next day, I ran to look into my desk, and on the bottom of my letter was a reply. The answers were, next to, who are you, was the word Derek. Next to, why can't I see you, the response was, I don't want you to. Next to, what's it like on the other side, they wrote, it's dark. And when I asked, is God real, they responded, yes. I flipped out. Ari told me that Derek wanted to follow me home that night, and I couldn't tell if I was happy or scared. I left an extra seat for him on the bus, and I talked to him on the walk home. I even remember getting into the shower that night and telling Derek to get out of the bathroom so that he wouldn't see me naked, but I still had a feeling that he was there. (laughs) Ari would tell me every couple days or so when Derek would follow me home, and I repeated the same thing, leaving the space for him on the bus, talking to him on the way home. And this continues from January to February until March. I had a childhood best friend who was in another class, and she knew that Ari and I were friends, but I hadn't told her about the ghosts. One day, she came up to me after school and said that she heard Ari talking to someone and heard Ari say, this girl Lexi is so dumb, she thinks that ghosts have been following her and leaving her notes in her desk. (gasps) Needless to say, I was devastated. I still haven't had any paranormal experiences since. I'm now 25, but I still love your podcast and live vicariously through everyone else's experience. Much love, Lexi. Oh, and then she wrote, P.S. I ended up confronting my friend about it, and she admitted it was all a lie. I'm still completely devastated about it. My little brother has a similar story about a friend in his class and aliens that I'll email you about sometime. Until then, Lexi. You know, I realize that they're in school and that Ari is a child, and so I should not say this, but I've never wished for a very spooky, scary, ghostly experience to happen upon someone before, but I just feel like Ari deserves a little. Well, Ari's twenty five now, so let's let's. I mean, that's I'm, true. They this was ten years ago. Yeah, karma. Oh my gosh, it's no, so that's mean. So mean. It's so mean. What a bully. But like, I love this like pure innocence of Lexi just wanting to see spirits and and being excited by this friend who she finally meets and makes is like who tells her about the spirits that follow her and why wouldn't you believe Ari? Yeah. i mean if she said like oh i have these two spirits that follow me everywhere and she's already got kind of like this vibe about her that it's believable of course you're thinking like okay well i can't see them but if they're around her every single day of course they're sometimes yeah. around me and it also makes me think like, you know, when Lexi was going home and talking to the spirits, but then when she was in the bathroom and she felt like a presence in the bathroom, was she inviting? Maybe she was having a paranormal experience. Maybe because she believed that there was a spirit there, she invited a spirit to watch her shower. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if there really is? What if Derek does exist? Yeah. And the whole time he's just like, oh my God, wait, Ari can actually see me? And then he just has the grandest old time hanging out, getting to talk to Lexi. Yeah. Maybe Ari did have something around her and she just doesn't know. And she just tried to weaponize it as a bullying tactic and it failed because Lexi, we believe you've had a paranormal experience. Yeah. We're on your, we're on team Lexi. We're, we're team ghost Lexi and Derek sitting (laughs) in the tray. (laughs) It makes me so sad that this 11-year-old girl was so evil, like mean. It almost makes me wonder if 
Ari actually did see ghosts and this whole experience was real, but then maybe Ari mentioned it to someone else and she started getting bullied. And so then she turned it around and was like, no, it was all fake. Right. Yeah. You never know. You never, you never know. know. But it's so because mean. It is. I know. Oh, God. I We have baby witch and now this is like baby psycho in the growing. Hey, it's a series. So we're going to grow with baby, baby sociopath. Witch. Baby sociopath. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I'm sorry, Lexi, that that happened yeah, to you. That so stinks, especially when it's someone who you think is a good friend and also an experience that you think is so unique and so cool and yeah, and that you've wanted. That's that sucks that she robbed you of what you thought was your first paranormal experience. Well, maybe but- it was, maybe it still was. And you know what? If you do have a paranormal experience, I hope it's a beautiful, or I hope it's Ari reaching out to you, being like oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for what I did to you. I actually had a demon come to me and tell me that I was going to be possessed if I didn't apologize. (laughs) (laughs) We sent him. Just just like a quick pop in, <laughs> scare her just once, one little, and like, done. Pull on the toe while she's sleeping. Yeah, not a full. We don't wish for a full prolonged possession. Mm-hmm. We never wish that upon anyone. We're just saying one good spook. Yeah, and then whatever experience Lexi wants, please, ghost, give it to her. A good one, a nice, loving, gentle one, perhaps. Sven, maybe a sweet. Is good Sven morning. our ghost name? Yeah, maybe Sven, Sven can yes. pop over and say hello. Just say good morning, good morning, Lexi. Good morning. That would be nice. Yeah. We'll make it up to you, Lexi. We're calling upon the spirits. Lexi, if I die anytime soon, I'll come pay you a visit. Oh, Sabrina, I don't want you to die. <laughs> I know, but hey, if I do, I'm not saying it's in my control. If I do, I will give Lexi her dream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the right. least or, I could do in the or, afterlife. Or how about, here's another solve. Why don't you learn to actually project oh and then just gosh. do that? <laughs> you don't have to die. <laughs> Okay, Lexi, send me your address and your social security number and I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, access to your bank account. Do you use the pin? Yeah. (laughs) Can you take a picture of the back of your credit card and then the front, please? What if this podcast was just like a front for a scam? My God. I yell at my boyfriend every time we walk by any restaurant that's successful in Boston. He's like, oh, it's a front. I'm like, really? It's a front? It's not a front. If it's cash only, it might be. <laughs> That's true. There are a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, it's old. These these buildings have been paid off for like 70 years. So maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? There's a lot of mafia connections up there. There is. And you never know who you're talking to. You never know. But hopefully it's not La Llorona. Because <gasps> the story that I'm about it. to read is from Jess and it's called La Llorona. Oh my gosh. Hi, ladies. My name is Jess. I'm a musician who lives in a small country town in rural Victoria, Australia, called Campbell's Creek. My partner and I live in a relatively old classical Australian country home with our dog and five chickens and live nearby the creek that runs through town. It was a pretty dark and stormy day here today, so I thought I would run a bath after work. I'm a groundskeeper at the old... You're given Jess, you're given a whole lot of informa- personal information, so I think I'm going to omit some of this for your safety. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Because this feels important too. Shit. Okay, Jess, you said it, so I'm reading it. (laughs) (laughs) I am the groundskeeper at the old Castlemaine Jail, a very spirited place in itself, and randomly clicked a Two Girls, One Ghost episode to drift away and relax too. Ah, I have never, ever heard of La Llorona, which made being in the bath all more (laughs) ominous, lol. But it also made me think of a song that came to me in a dream last year. A lot of my songs and poetry have come to me in a feverish dream since moving into this house two years ago. And during lockdown last year, I decided to hit record and put them all onto an album. 
We recorded it in our creaky old home, which lends itself to the subject matter very well. There was an incident a few years ago when I had first moved into this house where one of our chickens had drowned in our bathtub. Oh, no. She was very, very sick, and I was giving her a wash as she couldn't clean herself. It was particularly terrifying because I completely blacked out momentarily, which has never happened before. And when I woke up, I woke up screaming, only to find that she had fallen under the water (gasps) and drowned to death. Oh, my gosh. It was the most traumatizing thing I've ever experienced, as I love animals so much, and I still don't understand how it happened. But I just remember this overwhelming feeling of surrendering to an outside force right before I fainted. Her name was Loretta. What? The next day, I was in our paddock and I saw an old woman who was our new neighbor. I went and I introduced myself and this woman said, hello, my name is Loretta. Oh? I almost had a fucking heart attack. Anyway, a few months later, during the harsh winter, I had this dream. In my dream, in a town by a river, a woman's young daughter goes missing. It is eventually known that she was summoned into the river by a siren and drowned to death. They never found her body. No one ever says the girl's name after her death. And the mother is basically banished from the town to sit in the fields and pray for her lost daughter's soul. I woke up in sweats and managed to write it all down as it was still fresh in my mind. And it became the song, The Ballad of My Daughter. Hearing the story of La Llorona and being in a bath and remembering the lyrics to this weird song and the fact that my chicken had died in this bath gave me serious chills. And as I stopped the water running in my bath, my front and back doors both slammed shut and I was home alone. Anyways, it was really fascinating learning about La Llorona, so thanks so much for sharing your knowledge. It was spooky, but really interesting, and I'm sure another strange dream song will ensue. Haha. I've linked the song so that you can have a listen if you like. I'm forever accidentally writing songs about death and spirits and strange things, so I hope you enjoy it. And then it is Ballad of My Daughter by Jess Parker Music. Lots of love and keep up the wonderful work, Jess. I, this is, it's so reminiscent of Down a Dark Hall. I was thinking the same thing. If you weren't going to say it, I was going to. It's like... Jess, you moved into this place and there's a spirit that used to write music and poetry and they are taking over you. They're channeling you from one artist to another. They are giving you these dark ass images. Yeah. And helping you create. Yes. Ooh. Although although is this a good spirit? I would probably argue maybe not given given that Jess had to go through that traumatic experience of basically like being possessed and waking up to find her chicken that she was so tenderly trying to care for. Drown. Yeah. That yeah. is horrifying. It's so wild. My gosh. But yeah, I know this is so down to dark hall. It is. And like, but it's so weird because the whole thing with the neighbor being Loretta and her feeling like the the thing that she succumbed to, I don't know the, what's the right tense, succumbed to, right? Yeah. Was a spirit named Loretta is so strange. Like, I can't tell if it's the neighbor in some way is involved in dark magic or if the spirit just knew that she was going to meet the neighbor named Loretta and wanted to instill fear ahead of time. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. This is this whole thing that like this whole thing feels like a fever dream. Like this feels like the beginning of one of those books or movies where it's hard to tell the difference between what is reality and what is what is not. Like the lines are being blurred a little bit. Like you're you're almost trying to it's like the spirits are trying to trick you. Yeah. By giving you all of these conflicting messages or Ugh. like really weird coincidences. 
Yeah, all I will say is just be careful because, I mean, it's scary to me that something could take over Jess while she's near water because it's it's tragic and horrible that Jess's chicken died and drowned. Mm-hmm. But what if this happens when Jess is in the bath, you know? Oh, Sabrina. That made me so nervous. I just – Especially with, yeah, the banging of the, the doors and – it's scary. Yeah. The fact not, she was not in the to, bath listening to the Law Your Body yeah. episode doesn't help. Yeah, not to scare you, Jess, but I don't know. Maybe just set your intentions and say they're not allowed to harm you. Yeah, write some songs about how the ghost can't touch you. Yeah. Can't touch this. No ghosties. Okay. Oh, man. Well, we are not clearly not the musicians. <laughs> No, but we do tell stories, so I will do that. Okay. Lovely. Lovely. Perfectly splendid. Perfectly splendid. Okay, this is from our listener, Jay, and it's called The Demons My Roommate Tried to Fight Off and a Standoff with a Grey. Oh my god. This is a lot in one. Yeah, there's a lot. Howdy, ladies and cat. (laughs) I love that. My name's Jay, and I've been following your show since I heard about you on Box of Oddities, but I'm still playing catch-up. I have a few paranormal stories for you, and I was going to include some stories from haunted schools because I'm a night shift custodian, but the first story is so long, I'll probably send you those others in a separate email. I tried to write them in the spookiest order so you can sleep easy-ish. Ha. (laughs) A lot happened, and it's tough for me to condense, but here we go. The first story took place when I was in college in Emeryville, California. Emeryville is a small town that sticks off of Oakland in the Bay Area and is also where Pixar is. At the time, I lived with three other guys I met from church in an old two-story house in Oakland. One of them was named Chris, and he was really into spiritual warfare, exorcisms, and the like. His more charismatic version of Christianity was far more into the supernatural than my home non-denominational beliefs. I accepted his beliefs, but they were far more extreme in comparison to my own experiences. My room was a converted dining room downstairs, and the other three were all in regular bedrooms upstairs. The only place in the house that gave me any bad vibes was a small basement, which the entrance was in a small dining room next to the kitchen. One of my other roommates stored his bicycles in it since it was quite small and shallow. I imagined it was a wine cellar of some sort. Because my room was in the original dining room, I shared a door with the kitchen and another with the hallway next to the stairs and a curtained off opening that went into the living room. One night I was on the phone with a gal I was dating at the time and we talked every night since she was still living back in my hometown of Bakersfield, California. Normally I would go to sleep right after we talked so I was already in bed with the lights off sitting upright with my back against the wall shared with the hallway. In the middle of the conversation out of nowhere I got an extremely painful headache that felt like someone was reaching through the wall behind me death gripping the top of my head. I literally felt a thumb and four fingers digging into my head like a basketball player palming a basketball. What? I was completely gripped with paralysis. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. The only thing I could get out was a stifled whimper. My girlfriend started asking me what's going on and if I was okay, but I couldn't make any other sounds beside the whimper and the sound of mouth breathing over trembling lips, even though in my mind I was screaming out in pain. I then very clearly saw five hooded shadow people encircle my bed. 
My girlfriend was continuing to ask me if I was okay and what was going on, and I could hear the fear and concern in her voice, but I still couldn't speak or move. She asked if I should pray, and I responded with the best I could with a strained, yes, the closest sound to a yes I could muster. A few minutes after she had started praying, everything stopped. I was able to move and speak, and I immediately jumped up and turned on the light. The shadow people were gone, so I moved to the other side of my room by a large three-paneled window. There were no shadow people, and I had no pain, but I was terrified. When she realized I was able to speak again, she said amen and returned to asking me about what the heck was going on. To the best of my ability, I told her what happened. I had told her about Chris and his strange spiritual battle stories before, so she told me, go get Chris, now. I ran over to the door that went into the hallway and threw it open. As I was about to step out, I saw, standing before me, were two demons. They straight up looked like Hollywood demons, like Hellboy mixed with the devil in the 80s, Tom Cruise movie legend red with black goat legs and long, twisted black horns. They stared at me snarling and moving rhythmically like a bodybuilder getting ready to lift something really heavy. I immediately retreated back to the window with the distinct feeling that if I had crossed the threshold of that door, I would have died. I lost my ability to speak again, but this time it was from the most intense terror I had ever felt. My girlfriend started singing hymns over the phone to me, and after a few minutes, The demons disappeared and all the terror had drained from me, but I was also so exhausted. I then looked out the window and saw the five shadow people standing in the middle of the street in a line from left to right. I felt that whatever evil had attacked me had now left, so I told her about the demons, the shadow people outside the home instead of my room, and the dread of the feeling the demons were prepared to kill me if I went into the hallway. She prayed for me again and told me to call her after talking to Chris tomorrow because I was so exhausted I needed to go to sleep. That night, I fell asleep immediately. The next day, I told Chris everything and he just nodded understandingly, which made me feel awful that I thought he might have been a little crazy because he was so calm and understanding and I knew he had experience with this sort of thing. He told me that every night for about a week, he had been battling demons because he called them out the moment he felt darkness in the house. It's his story, so I won't share it, but what he had been experiencing was far more intense and physical than what I had experienced. He believed that the night before he had successfully cast them out of the house and that they wanted him to be alone, so they attacked me to keep me from going to him. Regardless, we prayed over every room in the house, and for the remaining year before we all went our separate ways, me and Chris had talked about the events a few times and came to the conclusion that perhaps a Satanist cult had lived in the home and had performed their rituals for demon summoning in the wine cellar. I was shocked at how my girlfriend handled the whole situation, and of course, she was scared and concerned for me, but really held it all together, helping me through the experience. She explained to me that her mother had had a similar experience once and told her all about it so when she heard what was going on, she knew what to do. After that day, I have never had a demonic encounter again, and that was back in 2010. I've come to the conclusion that I was an innocent bystander caught up in my roommate calling out five demons for a fight. The second story happened my freshman year in high school. I was in a new home and going to a different high school than all of my friends, so every now and then a friend or two would come over and crash at my place on the weekends. One night I had a friend staying over. We spent all day roughhousing and playing video games, so when we settled in for the night, we decided to watch a little TV before crashing. Well, the show we settled on was a found footage film about a family being abducted by aliens. 
I think it was called the McPherson tape. I'm not sure. Anyway, the show ended with a person holding the camera seeing a gray alien and its head kind of tweaked to the side sharply before grabbing the camera and fading to black. It freaked us the hell out. We saw credits to the show and we breathed a sigh of relief that what we just saw was just a show. We all laughed about it, turned off the lights, and went to bed. At the time, I didn't have window blinds and I could see the shadow of my neighbor's fence against the wall. At some point in the night, I had rolled over and saw the fence shadow, but there was a large light bulb-shaped shadow over the fence. I immediately thought of the shape of a gray alien head looking into my room. My bed was in the corner of the room with the foot of my bed right under the window. So from where I was laying, I couldn't see out the window, just that shadow on the adjacent wall. Sure that an alien was getting ready to abduct me and my friend, I decided I was going to leave evidence and grab the machete I kept under my bed. My logic was if my family doesn't find me in the morning, they will find a decapitated gray in my room. So I jumped up on my bed, machete in hand, and slowly inched my way over to the window to look out. At this point, my friend woke up and saw me in my boxers holding machete like a baseball player at the plate and said, dude, what the fuck? I shushed him and gestured to him to duck down. I finally peered out the window to see a cat, a cat on all fours, gripping onto a single plank on the wood fence for dear life in the wind. I calmed down, shaking my head in disbelief and laid back down in bed. My friend said, what's going on? And I said, nothing. I'll tell you in the morning. The next day, we all had a good laugh about the alien cat I thought that I had to fight with a machete. That's all for now, Jay. Wow. Oh my gosh. That... I feel I feel so bad for the cat, but also like, what the hell? I would absolutely think I was about to be abducted by a gray as well. That's yes. what happens. Especially after being like freaked out by a movie and found footage, I feel like is always terrifying. It's very, you know, like Blair Witch Project. Like it does feel, it feels so real mm-hmm. and it almost feels like you're in it with them. So I totally understand why that would be his first thought when he woke up, that there was an alien, a gray, about to abduct him. Right. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances? I I guess maybe a little higher (laughs) chances that it's a cat and not an alien. But like still, like the chances of that happening right after you watch this spooky movie, I feel like it would just – the cat was setting you up. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I'm an alien, that's a great time to go abduct people. (laughs) Right. Because people are going to be like, oh, you. you were just scared. This is an overactive mm-hmm. imagination. Like, it was actually it was a just nightmare. a dream from yeah. the movie you'd watched earlier. That's that's a good plan, Sabrina, mm-hmm. for when you inevitably you, become one. I They should recruit me to be an alien. <laughs> you have so many good strategies, new business. You're going to be head of business development. Yeah. New business strategy. Call Sabrina for all your <laughs> alien abduction needs but do not call me for your demon needs because if you're no this jay's story about the demons i mean i also feel grabbing his head essentially i also feel terrible for chris his roommate who had been dealing with this and battling these entities by himself for days and hadn't told anyone and when he just thinks he's successful actually psych these demons went downstairs to your roommate and was attacking him right yeah this is it's horrible to think of like what what they went through in the terror yeah no thank you but i mean they they also had a witness like his girlfriend was witness she but, saw him unable oh to God, speak yeah. she saw him like unable to move and fighting this thing well that, i think they were just on the phone like i don't think she saw anything oh oh i didn't get that part but thank goodness they were on the phone because had he been alone and she wasn't there to like hear that he was struggling. Well, the fact that she knew to like pray and do I know. all of that stuff. Because it's so what, scary. Yeah. 
I mean, if I was in that situation, I'm talking to Nick and all of a sudden he starts, you know, grunting in pain, I I would jump to he's being murdered. Right. Or like having a stroke or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then in that time, you take to like drive over to like call someone or something in the in the event of it being demons. Like this was actually perfect to to assume that it it was something nefarious like that. Because had she not, that that would have bought the demon way, way more time. time with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. That's so horrifying. Jay, your girlfriend deserves an award. Seriously. Wow. All right. <laughs> I've been, I was reading this along with you, Sabrina. So I almost said, all right, mine is called The Demons Where We Tried to Fight <laughs> Off and a Standoff with a Gray. No, this is not the email I'm reading. Don't steal my stories. I am reading one that is called Corinne. I saw the little green men from Kelly, Kentucky. (gasps) I can't remember if I did Kelly, Kentucky or if you did, but it sounds like I did. You did. Okay. Can never remember who does what? Yeah. We're we're the same, basically. Hey, ladies and Nick. My name is Blake. Pronouns are she and her. And I'm an epidemiologist in Western Kentucky. And to say 2020 and 2021 has been a rough year is an understatement. Okay, really cool job. I want to pick your brain about it. Super cool. Also, I'm glad – well, I'm not glad that this is happening. But <laughs> I think if I had read this email three years ago, I wouldn't – I would have really stuttered over saying epidemiologist. <laughs> so, so now I know how to say you your You learned title. a new word in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> One word. Success. <laughs> Your podcast has helped me so much over the last year to listen to while I'm trying to block out all of the noises and to work on data reporting. I just finished listening to the episode from Halloween of 2020 when you did Kelly Green Men, and I remembered that I met the little green men. What? Okay, okay. Did I actually meet the little green aliens or goblins, depending on which story you listen to? No. But did I go to the festival and meet the Kelly Green Men on the day of the 2017 solar eclipse where Christian County, Kentucky, where Kelly is located, had the longest duration of darkness? The solar eclipse occurred on August 21st, 2017, and this would have been the 62nd year anniversary to the day of the visit from the Little Green Men. Whoa. Okay, so that's very, very cool. So I have to be honest. I used the headline to catch your attention. (laughs) Don't be mad. (laughs) I've been thinking about sending in another email because in July, I lost my dad from long-term effects of COVID. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced, but I am so thankful that I was able to be with him every day for a month that he was in the hospital. The day after he passed, my mom, my aunt, and myself were at the store looking for an outfit for the services. I had class that night because I was the crazy person that completed the second master while working in a pandemic, and I made the comment to my mom and my aunt that I was not going to class and the professor was going to fail me. We were only allowed to miss one class, and because of my dad being in the hospital, I had missed three. No sooner had I gotten the sentence out of my mouth, but a cup of coffee fell off of the shelf. No one was anywhere near the coffee cups, so I knew that it could not have been bumped. My dad was the type of person that didn't like flashy. He grew up on a farm and he was a land surveyor. His version of dressing up was jeans and a polo shirt. My brother and I did everything to the way that dad would want his services to be done, except for one thing. We picked out a box that was fancier than he would have picked for his ashes to be placed in. The box had a large topaz set in front of the box, and my brother and I were driving down the road and were listening to music, but the music kept cutting out. We were on our way to pick out a picture for our dad's obituary, and we had both had little sleep and were kind of cranky. 
My brother had made the comment that he needed the, a Mountain Dew and he was grumpy and the music was cutting out and making it worse. And I jokingly said, dad was haunting us and was messing with the music because he was unhappy about the topaz on the box. We both laughed and the music stopped cutting out after that. Another day, we were going to pick out the headstone for dad and we were supposed to be at one specific place. We went to a different monument shop and this is the only argument that we had during all of this. We both liked different headstones and could not compromise. (laughs) When our grandfather called and told us that we were at the wrong place, we got back in the car and went to the correct place. Within 30 seconds of getting out of the vehicle, we agreed on a headstone. It was the one that dad would have picked out. Oh. Little things continue to happen and remind me of that my dad is with me and helping me through all of these tough times. The one that sticks out most was during the services, we had planned music based on his favorite songs. One song that was supposed to be played was a song by Blake Shelton, but somehow Garth Brooks' The Dance was put on the playlist and played instead. I made that playlist, and I know I did not put that song on there. (laughs) However, I took it as a sign from my dad that he missed me as much as I missed him, and he would miss future experiences like a father-daughter dance if I ever find someone to put up with me. Sorry, that was really long and really sad. I hope no one comes looking for me at work until I can collect myself because I have not told anyone about the song mix-up. In other news, well, also, Blake, thank you for sharing that with us and feeling comfortable enough to share that. That's really beautiful. In other news, Christian County is about an hour and a half outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and about 45 minutes from Adams, which is where the Bell Witch lived. Mm. Girls, do I have stories about her? Ooh. I refuse to go out there anymore because I'm pretty sure she follows me around every time I do. <gasps> Blake, sure. you have to email us. I'm, I have chills. I'm cold. I'm, I'm uh, ice. I need to know. She said, but in WKY, which is that West Kentucky? I, I don't imagine. know. Yeah, West Kentucky. We have land between the lakes, which is a large natural reserve, and have many Bigfoot sightings. There is also the beast of LBL land between the lakes who many say are Bigfoot, but the beast is supposed to be very aggressive and is supposedly responsible for a few deaths in the area of campers. Definitely another reason to nope when I was asked to go camping in LBL (laughs) or just in general. And Christian County is home of Edgar Casey, who claimed to be a psychic and would go into trances to cure ailments in the 1800s and early 1900s. I have so many more other personal experiences since I grew up with a kid ghost that was attached to my mother when she worked at a historical site. I also grew up being told stories of mountain magic from my great-grandparents who grew up in the Appalachia. I will write more later, but listening to the story about the little green men on days that I was missing my dad told me that I should go ahead and write you. Stay spooky, stay positive, and test negative. Thank (laughs) you for all that you do, Blake. Wow. Wow. Blake needs – Blake – Blake, you owe us about 14 more emails. I know. I need to hear about all of those things that you just mentioned. But also, I mean, I'm so sorry for your loss and it's so sad, but it is beautiful that you had so many moments where, I mean, it's clear, at least in my eyes, that your dad was communicating with you. And the song mix up like is kind of sweet. It's like, Especially because I feel like a lot of these experiences were about music. They're driving, the music is cutting out, then the song is different at the funeral services. Like, it does seem like he's communicating through music. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think the fact that there's clear, like, the timing of it all 
would indicate that it's it's definitely her dad communicating. Like the fact that the music cut out after, like directly at the time where they were like, "Oh, dad's probably yeah. fiddling with this," and then it it shuts down. That's like a that's a clear yes, yes, it's me. It is. Oh, and hey, you forgot this song, and this is the song that I want to be our song. Yeah, all of those moments. Yeah, it is kind of incredible. Oh, that's a, so sweet. It's so sad, but it's just reassuring. Yeah. It also just her email of like, and then the next day we did this, and then the next day mm-hmm. we did that. Just it's so it's so sad that the people who are just beginning their grieving process and are in in shock, presumably, have to make all of these decisions and hold all of this responsibility for for people after after they pass. Yeah. I just I wish that we could just you know freeze time and have people have all the time that they need to grieve before they have to make these sort of decisions. I know. So. I know. It's sad. That's it why, is. like, some people will, I mean, plan it all. I mean, the hard thing is you don't know when you're ever going to pass away, but, like, some people, like, right. plan it all earlier in life so that their family doesn't have to do it. I have a plan. People are just going to scoop out what they need and then chuck me chuck me on the side in a ravine. On I don't the know. side of the road so that people are traumatized driving past you, thinking that you were murdered. <laughs> Okay, maybe you not. really have to think about it more. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. Like, chop me up into little pieces so people won't know it. That's even Just scarier. Make make me someone hiking on a trail and they find like a hand severed and then like walk a few more feet and find <laughs> an ear. I want to be fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say become a tree. Do that tree thing. Okay. Just or or just I don't know. I guess you could still be cremated and then yeah, just be thrown into the garden or something. Yeah, and then you eat me. <laughs> Your vegetables are fertilized with Corinne ash. Sabrina's a vegetarian, but not for long. <laughs> That's how you get me. <laughs> I'm playing the long game. This is a really long prank. This is like new girl Winston when he he always takes every prank way too way far. Too, yeah, yeah. And this would be an example of a this Winston prank. This yes. is like a very dark, disturbing one. Because <laughs> it's about your death. <laughs> well, you brought up yours earlier. That's so it's only true. Fair. That's true. Yes. But I did not make you eat my ashes in my <laughs> made up world. <laughs> okay. I have a story to end us on. Okay. And it is Great. from our listener, Rhea. And she says, I found your podcast. And I'm, it's funny because the first time I read this, I thought it said, found your podcast and I'm not a fan. But <laughs> <laughs> it actually says, I found your podcast and I'm not a fan of ghost stories because, as you know, things sometimes happen when you talk about hauntings. Mm -hmm. But it's spooky season and I have a story I think you would like to hear. For a little background, I was raised in a conservative Christian home, haunted movies were forbidden, and Harry Potter and Twilight books were burned. It was drilled into me that by simply saying the name Jesus would cause demons to run and spirits of evil intent could not touch me physically so long as I had accepted Jesus into my heart. I believed this wholeheartedly until my encounter with Bill. My mother is a hoarder who rarely let go of any antiques passed down from family or friends. One of these items was a gigantic hallway mirror placed downstairs in our living room. At about 3 a.m. one night, I was downstairs quietly strumming my guitar in my living room, a normal occurrence for a 16-year-old me, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a white shadow dash across the mirror. 
I looked up, trying to see if it was simply an eye floater, as I often saw little white specks in my eyes when I was tired. I saw none, and I went back to strumming, only to notice the white dash out of the corner of my eye, this time in the opposite direction. I realized that each dash was only reflected in the mirror and would have been directly behind me. So I turn and look, but there was no sign that there was anything there. I stayed still for a few minutes, waiting to see the white dash again, but I saw nothing for about five minutes. So I picked up my guitar and began playing worship songs. Within minutes, the dash flashed in back in the first direction through the mirror's reflection, followed by a drastic movement of the curtain that was just behind my right shoulder. Out loud, I said, it was just the wind. But then I slowly took note that the door was closed, the fan was off, and the AC was not running. So I did the only thing I could think to do. I reached for the phone to call my pastor. All of a sudden, I noticed my cell phone had mysteriously lost service. So I reached for the landline. I dialed his number and it started to ring. The first ring, no answer. Second ring, no answer. Third ring, no answer. Fourth ring, a deep voice begins to grumble strange sounds and I hear heavy breathing. I didn't hesitate to hang up whatsoever. I ran upstairs saying, Jesus, 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 hopped into my room, hid under my covers and heard nothing and saw nothing else that night. Eventually, I found my way to sleep And then into a dream. In my dream, I was about a block away from my house at a park in my neighborhood. I saw a man, but not just any man, but the most beautiful man I had ever seen. Tall, flawless skin, fit, but older than me. I couldn't tell how old he was, maybe 19, but he also could have been 39. He was in a collared white shirt and clean black slacks. He looked at me and said, hello. His voice was like smooth, rich honey. My name is Bill. Everything he said was warm and welcoming. Within minutes in my dream, I managed to say the words, I trust you, even though I knew somewhere in my subconscious that this was the being that I had seen in my house. He then gently placed his hand around my shoulders, which drove fear through me briefly as I had been taught for so long that spirits could not touch you or place their hands on you. He led me from the park to my house and just kept talking to me the whole way. He explained to me that I was beautiful and could have riches, allies, and powerful influence with his guidance. I was transfixed. Outside my house, he introduced me to all of his friends. Each was just as beautiful and ageless. They had a little campfire outside of my house and were playing and laughing. And then I met his girlfriend and she shook my hand. He asked if we could all move the party inside my house and I had to pause. I knew inherently that the answer had to be no, but he was so beautiful. And I told him, it's okay for you to come in for now. He nodded, his friends left, and I woke up. I can remember every detail of this dream. I remember the color of his hair and the outfits of each of his friends that Bill introduced me to, but not their faces. From the moment I woke up, I couldn't remember what Bill looked like, only that he was by far more beautiful than any model that exists in reality. Within two weeks, my parents had called to have a priest bless me and my house, as well as the mirror. And I have no recollection of those two weeks with a few exceptions. And Rhea leaves us hanging and says, if you would love more details, I'm happy to go in more depth. Keep your podcast going, ladies. I am enjoying it so much. Rhea. Rhea, we need about 10 more paragraphs. What happened <laughs> in these two weeks? What happened in those two weeks? What do you What do you think Bill is? A like, demon. But, or I, the devil himself. I mean, yes. And, well, and definitely. Rhea invited him and his friends into their house, into her house. Because he tricked her. He tricked her. He put a spell on her. He did a little Edward Cullen magic and he <gasps> entered the heart 
of Rhea. Poor Rhea. Poor Rhea. I'm also like, I mean, it's so sad that Rhea doesn't have any recollection of those two weeks. It almost makes me, oh, oh, I just got chills thinking about this. What if it was like, because Bill was already inside the house. What if it wasn't him asking for permission to come inside the house, but like by saying inside your house, it was like a inside of you. Give us permission to possess you almost. I have so many chills, but Sabrina, I think that makes sense because she basically blacked out for two weeks. She went to the back. She basically stepped outside of herself and let them take over her. And I I need to know, Rhea, from – well, first of all, I'm so sorry. That's terrifying. Maybe it's best that you don't remember all of this. But Mm -hmm. what happened for your parents to be like, we need to, like, bless you and the family and – get rid of something yeah this this makes me wonder like is this how is this standard like that multiple demons enter at know. once because i feel like so many times with exorcisms people talk about like the it sounded like six voices growling out of them oh what yeah. if it actually is what if the demon doesn't just have this like weird voice that we're not used to that sounds oh, yeah. like all of these different keys at once but it's it's truly multiple <gasps> multiple of them having a party in your house aka your soul your vessel you're your the body host. i it also makes me think like you know how demons can appear as multiple in multiple ways and forms like does mm-hmm. this demon have all his friends are his like personas oh that's really interesting that's so super scary interesting. Rhea, yeah we need to know more yeah please Please let us know. And also, when was this? This is a scary one to end on, Sabrina. Well, of course. Do you expect <laughs> anything else? But of course. But of course. Happy you asked New to Year. go first. If you, if you want to end episodes on a happy note, you're going to have to take charge of that. And I will have to start <laughs> off the episodes. And you will have to end them. End them. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this was a great... <laughs> Great first encounters to Welcome kick off the new year. to a new year. We have a lot of loose strings here that we need the writers of a few of these episodes or, well, emails to follow oh. up. I thought Let you were saying, know. like, we have screws loose in our own minds. It, that too. Okay. I can barely speak. <laughs> it is true. I'm stuttering hardcore yeah. tonight. So basically, we have a call to action. It is all of the listeners' stories that we read tonight that left us hanging need to fill us in with the rest of their stories. And then everyone else who's listening, you guys should submit your ghost stories or your weird supernatural or any cryptid. Any Basically, any story that's odd or weird doesn't have to necessarily be ghost-related. Send it to us and email it to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. We have social media. You can join our Facebook group that's moderated by a bunch of fellow phantoms. We have Instagram. That's where we keep everything kind of up to date in terms of what's going on. Any live room updates that we have on Spotify Greenroom. If you don't have Spotify Greenroom, it's an app you can download. Search for Campfire Stories and we go live every Tuesday at 5 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern. So you can hop on there and tell your ghost stories live if you want or email them to us and hear them here. Yes. And we have Patreon. You can become a supporter on Patreon and you can get access to seeing a video of part of this episode. You can see our faces and our homes. And we will see you. See you. Oh, shit. On the On the other, other side. side. <laughs> oh, great start. Happy New Year. <laughs>